0: Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. There's no secret formula for customer service, but there is an all new service hub from HubSpot and it's bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible. You can free up your customer support reps time with an AI powered help desk so you can easily support and grow your customer base. The secret's out, service hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. But I thought his approach was smart and one that people should take, which is he goes, right now there's like, 5 million people who collect sports cards. My question when we bought Tops was, how do we get 50 million or 500 million people to collect? And like, that's the only game I want to play, is expanding the total size of this market from 5 million people who do this thing to 50 million people who do this thing.
1: I feel like I can rule the world. I know I
0: could be what I want to. Uh, I put my all in it like no travel never looking back dude i listened back to our last episode the drunken episode it was good we were funny people liked it
1: <laughs> i i've heard that what what did you think was fun? here's so for i the listened listener. to the whole episode
0: imagine how good it must have been for me to listen, sit through the cringe of my own voice
1: well for people listening people will usually message sean and i together but sometimes separate and they say i liked the this episode and the response that we always have is why what did you like about it what yeah. part we and fish so, we fish yeah. hard for that compliment <laughs> well no i mean it, it's not really i, it's I do really i was like what i did. we need to do more what was funny um i think i literally came
0: across as sort of like giggly drunk uh the whole episode i was already i i just felt like i was having a good time like watching myself have a good time made me have more fun the second was y'all's reactions were really good. So I'd pitch a kind of harebrained idea. And then you were, your reaction was on point. And then Ben came in with like, not like, you know, reasonable, calm Ben. Ben was like, that is a terrible idea. Or he was like, no, Sam, you're dead wrong. This is a great idea. Imagine crawling onto this big ass bed and like blah, blah, blah. You know, he like really played into it. So I think it just had good energy and good vibes. That's good. Yeah,
1: we've had, we had people reach out to us about it. Um, So that's good. So I'm gonna try to maintain that. Uh,
0: dude, right before this, I was watching, you, you saw Mr. Beast one on Joe Rogan. I don't know if you, you caught the episode
1: at all. I didn't, I just a couple of the clips where they said like, what do you do with your money? And he's like, not much. He goes, I, I used to have a roommate up until recently and we each split our place for $700, but I got a fancier place because someone broke into my house. So I needed like some security, but it's still like pretty normal of a house.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that. So I've only seen one clip and it was basically the clip of like, how did you make it on YouTube? And it's a great clip right like it's uh, what's he say so he goes so he's 23 now and he goes i started doing wow. this when i was 11 <laughs> wow. and joe's like what 11 he's like yeah he's like i came home and i he's like i started doing this when i was 11 and he's like i sucked obviously at the beginning he's like so he's like he's like look at me now i don't look cool now like imagine me at like 12 like i was like you know pimply you know, pimply face, scrawny, awkward, mumbly kind of guy. And like, here I am trying to like make videos. And he's like, back then also YouTube really, there wasn't a thing like YouTubers, wasn't like a thing 12, 13 years ago, you know? So it's like, he's like, yeah, I just was doing it. Cause I liked it. He goes, I hated school. He's he like, I never, he's like in high school, I just never even brought a book home. Like I just, he's like, I remember doing zero studying. My parents got so mad at me. He's like, and then like when I turned 18, He's like, he's like, basically. So his his win it went in three phases. He goes, from eleven to thirteen, I was trying to make videos, but I was like super embarrassed because they were so bad. And Joe's like, do are they? Do they still exist? He goes, no, I deleted my channel when I turned thirteen because like I got like I don't know like bullied in school a little bit. I felt embarrassed, so I deleted all those videos. But I like started fresh uh, again at thirteen and like whatever, kept going. He's like, so then from thirteen to like seventeen or eighteen, I was just trying to make like videos all the time. He goes, my first video randomly got like 20,000 views. He's like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got like this instant hit and I was hooked. And then like, it didn't happen again for a while. But like that first one, which was about like, he like hacked some video game. Like here's how to beat this level in a video game or whatever. He's like some obscure game. And it just like, people wanted to know how to do that hack. So that's how I got popular right away. Um, or he's like, that's how that video got popular. And then I got, I wanted to chase that, that, that feeling again. So he's like, I wasn't making any money. He's like, finally, I got to the point where I was making a dollar a day. And he's like, yes. And he's like, so I saved up for like a few months and I bought a microphone. And I was like, yeah, like now I sound good. Like, here we go. And he's like, I just kept doing that. I kept like making a couple bucks, saving it and then like buy a camera or buy like, you know, like a a better computer so I could like edit the videos or screen record or whatever. And so he just kept doing that for like six years. He's like, my whole goal was that by the time I graduate from high school, can I like just make enough money doing this? Cause I don't want to do anything else. He's what like, was his, did not, his number so it did not happen he's like I, by the time i he's like by the time i graduated high school i was making like 400 bucks a month or something like that and he's like you know it's 300 400 bucks he's like so my mom gave me this ultimatum she's like you know you're moving out or you're like going to community college like you're not going to do this video thing and so he's like uh fuck, okay I, he's like i didn't want to go to community college he's like it's like the worst thing in the world just sitting there listening to this lecture like it's just not what i wanted to do He's like, so I started skipping. He's like, every day I would just go to my car and instead of going to community college, I would just edit videos in my car. And he's like, I do that all day and I come home and my mom thought I went to school. He's like, and he's like, that created a clock because now she was going to find out. And like By the end of the semester, I had zeros as my grades. Like she was going to know that I did not go to community college. So I had to like, I bought myself like one semester more of time. He's like, and in that time, I pulled it off. Like I got to the point where I could like self-sustain. I just moved out. And then I could like do this like full time moving uh, on my own. He's like, and so that's kind of like the progression of how I did it. And I like, how how, <gasps> how, awesome how how awesome is that? How awesome is it? Exactly. Like a bet on yourself story where burn the bridge behind you, right? So, so, you know, you, you uh, we say burn the bridges. I don't know why we say that. It's burn the boats. Uh, like burn if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats. And so he burned the boats when he, when he did that and, uh, and knew what he wanted to do, right? Cause like school's great, but school's not for everybody. If you, if you kind of know what you want to do, um, you're much better off, I think, competing in the free market on that thing than like competing for your teacher's like love and affection, you know, with writing the essay they want to grade as an A plus, right? Like writing the thing they want you to write about in the format they want you to write in a way that will get them to give you the grade, right? Like that's like, that's like not a real market. Whereas you make videos on YouTube, you're competing in like a real market or you want to be an
1: athlete. Yeah. It, it's just that most people think that they're like going to do something for life and they aren't willing to, or they don't actually want to. I think, I think the, the rarity here is not, is someone 18 and capable it's, do they actually love what they're saying? They love enough that they're willing to dedicate 10 or 20 years to it.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Are you act- do you actually have a thing you love? Uh, most people yeah. do not. Uh, my, I remember my sister, when she was going to college, my dad was like, all right, well, like, what do you want to major in? She's like, I don't know. He's like, well, what's your favorite subject? Like, what do you love to study? She's like lunch. Like, you know, I just, like I, I'm not, I don't have anything against any of them, but like, do any of them make me happy? Not really. So what, now what? <laughs> and like, I think that's yeah, how most people's careers go. It's like, all right, well, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. But now what,
1: <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the rarity here is that he actually, that, that he liked something enough. Um, but anyway, that's a good story. I'll, I'll have to go and watch this podcast. I'll also you uh, shout out.
0: There's, there's one, one more that's like that that I think you'll appreciate. Um, there's a guy who's visiting, a kid who's visiting, basically my my brother-in-law's nephew, this kid named Sebastian. And uh, he's in town visiting. I haven't seen him in like seven years. So I was like, oh, Sebastian, like, oh, you've, you hit puberty. You kind of grew up. So he's like, he's still like, he's like kind of like, he's like a kid, right? He's still small, but like, he's like ripped. And from the age of, like, I met him when he was maybe five. And back when he was five, he was so into, like, uh, wrestling and, and, and like, UFC and MMA. And he would, like, he knew every wrestler's promos, songs, moves, everything. Like, I think a lot of kids do. But he could, like, do, he would, like, practice them. He was, like, good at them. He could, like, do an impression of Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock or these guys. And then with fighting, he was, like, got really into jujitsu jiu- early on and got good at it. To the point where he was, like, by the age of... I want to say eight or nine he was like mom like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do fighting like i'm gonna be a fighter so let's just like do that how do i go train like five hours a day because that's what i want to do and so from the age of like he was already doing it when he was like a young kid but i think from the age of like eight nine or ten somewhere there he started training like a professional he homeschooled himself so he's like okay i don't need to go to school anymore like i'm gonna do this i'll homeschool to like you know continue passing these like grades or whatever But like my real school is I spend five hours a day in this gym and I get good at this. So, and he's now like one of so he's 17 now. He's got his first amateur fight this year. He's one of the best jujitsu players in the world. He's going to ADCC. Um, He's like the best in the, he's already the best in the state of Texas. He's one of the, he's a number one or number two nationally. And now he's going to go to the international competition, see if he can win that, like the world championships at age 17. He's been training all his striking. He's doing his first amateur fight. And this kid is so focused, so driven, so determined. And like, it's just kind of amazing to see like what a good kid and he comes from like you know like single mom household and
1: like you is know he, but is he do is he doing an M- an MMA one with striking yeah, or just yeah, jiu jitsu you know, No no he's doing wow.
0: MMA now so he's like I, I love he's like I love it all he's like jiu jitsu I'm already the best he's like my How striking is way? coming along he's like I want them to want to take me down because my striking is that good I, he just talks like like dude when I was seventeen I didn't have a clue I didn't have a clue about a clue and so when I saw that I was like that's special. And it's just like just the way I idolize, kind of like the the Billy of the week. Like I appreciate greatness when it's accomplished. I even I like it even better when it's the raw talent that's just what's his turning name turning into a diamond. Give him, give uh, him, Sebastian, full name? I think it's like uh, I think it's like Oliveras or I don't know how you say his last name. It's like a Hispanic last name. I'll, I'll send it is to he, you. Is he? I watch Indian. His, no, he, he's Hispanic. So I'll watch his videos. And um, jujitsu is normally very boring. He's so athletic that his jujitsu looks fun. And he's like a showman. Like he comes out and the crowd has already heard about him. They've seen him on Instagram. Like the the announcers know that he's like more acrobatic with the way he does things. And so he's got like an aura about him already. It's pretty dope to watch. Like, Dude, this, this guy's awesome. going to be in the what UFC. It? And it's crazy. I've seen him since he was like eight or nine years old doing this.
1: What's uh, what's he weigh?
0: He's a fly. He's like a flyweight. So he's very, he's very small. He's like maybe five, six,
1: 125 pounds, like that sort of thing. But maybe he'll, he'll fill out. I guess he's he he's worked still out kid. with us kid. and
0: like it was like he put us all to shame. It was embarrassing. If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool, so check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. He was stronger than you. Yeah, he he's 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 like a dominant athlete. Like it's like okay, we're gonna do this hip raise, you know, thing, and it's like. His explodes. It doesn't raise. <laughs>
1: it's yeah, like but like, it's like size oh. matters. So like even so, a like a like a like a not strong 200 pound person can't so you, is stronger so you know than my brother a really strong right? 130. You know, brother yeah, Aaron,
0: he, as he's known on the pod. Right. So, yeah, he's like a he's crazy six man or he's six, three, six, four. He's 200 pounds and he's been training jiu-jitsu for maybe four or five years now. And he's like a whatever. He's like a blue belt or whatever. They rolled and he got tapped like 15 times. in the same. So he got embarrassed wow. by a 125 pounder. right? He's like, it wasn't close. He's like, I can't. I couldn't believe it. Like, I thought, I thought the size and strength would just let me, kind of maul a little bit. And
1: he's like, no. <laughs> Dude, I'm. I'm gonna Google him after this. I want to see what he looks like. All right, you have a lot of stuff. I actually didn't research much at all because last time you said I've got so much.
0: Yeah. Well, I might have been talking out my ass there, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it anyways. So I'll start with a couple of business things, and then we'll go from there. So did you, um, did you
1: see, uh, like what Michael, like Michael Rubin did? So we talked about him a little bit, to to be honest, I don't entirely understand what his business fanatics does, but I know that like, he's got three different companies right now. One of them was worth like 50 billion. Another one's worth like a billion. Another one's worth (laughs) worth, like five or 10 billion. Like, it's just like crazy. It's like there's fanatics and there's like three spinoffs of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't have like a ton of, uh, you know, kind of like research on him or whatever, but basically fanatics itself is worth over $10 billion. And what, it, what Fanatics does is they basically are a merch company, but for sports. And so what they do is you want to go buy a Steph Curry jersey, whether you buy it in the NBA shop, the Warriors shop, or you just Google Steph Curry jersey and you land on fanatics.com. It's fanatics that's printing and they're actually like printing the jerseys and then shipping them out to customers. I get
1: that. I just don't understand how can just like a rookie, like a noob, I mean, he's not a noob anymore. He's been doing this since he was 21 and he's probably 55 now. How can just like a guy come in and just like muscle like the people who have had those contracts for 20 decades, for 20 years?
0: I also had that same exact question. Now, I know he was kind of like successful before this. I think he had done
1: a... um, It was called a GSI, I think, Commerce. And he sold it to eBay for I forget exactly how much, but he made like 80 or 90, I think. And then it didn't work out at eBay. So he bought back some of the stuff and he grew that to be big. And then he also spun out a few things. So this company called Shoprunner, which is quite popular, is basically like Amazon Prime for people who aren't on Amazon. Um, he built that business and a, and a few other things.
0: And so I he started as, this, as, but...
1: as like a a ski shop when he was eighteen, I think. Yeah, he
0: said. A, yeah, exactly. A ski sort of a ski business, whatever. Then it became like kind of apparel logistics. So that's GSI Commerce. That's sports sp- again, sports commerce. He sold that to eBay. I think I don't know if you said the price two point four
1: billion. Uh, yeah, I think he only say? walked away with like eighty, which is a lot, but uh, I, I don't think he. I think he like gave up a ton of equity,
0: and he was like in his late thirties at the time. And then, um, and then, yeah, I don't know how he got the contracts, but he basically just like. Continued licensing. I don't think he got his exclusive. So I think he got the licenses to print, print the stuff, and then over time demonstrated that like they had the best product, with the best delivery, with the best quality assurance, and all that stuff. And so they ended up being like, "We'll just power your shop, right? We'll be the we'll be the default one when you go to like the the team's websites."
1: Well, he also bought a recently started a cards company that is making cards. And they just and then he was like, you know what? Let's just buy tops while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I just, so I don't understand how he, he's totally just kind of brute force his way into this, it seems.
0: Yeah, so he uh, ex- exactly. So he bought tops, which is kind of like a pretty interesting move. We've talked about trading cards. We talked about, um, you know, like this whole thing what they're What it seems like what they're going to do is they're going to say, all right, we got the licenses from the from the sports teams we can get we can we know licensing as a business we can get the licenses for cards as well we know printing and manufacturing we can do that with the cards as well but then also with cards there's like basically it's the same customer it's the same fan so if i buy a steph curry jersey odds are i'm going to be like somewhat interested in like a steph curry rookie card and what the the reason i want to bring him up is not because like i had some like deep insight on his like business plan although i think it's pretty simple which is like we have the sports fan as a customer what do they buy one of the things that they might buy is collectibles. Okay, let me go buy tops and like, we'll, let's sell them collectibles. But I thought his approach was smart and one that people should take, which is he goes, right now there's like 5 million people who collect sports cards. And, um, and so like, the whole business is like these 5 million people. And nobody has like taken a like big approach to this. It's been this like hobbyist kind of underground. And that's like the charm of it. Like if you go to like the annual sports card conference, it's like this Yeah. Dump, in cincinnati that's like you know these hobbyists bring their cardboard boxes and like some you know special shout out to like you know kentucky fried chicken for sponsoring this year's conference whatever right
1: and like eric's mom's for bringing cookies
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) third year running thank you mrs k um so so they're like you know that's the conference right now so he's like dude why is that like that but like sneaker con is like this fucking state-of-the-art thing and CES is like this epic show. That's like, you know, like cutting it. So he's like, I'm going to do all that in the trade. No, he's like, nobody has spent a dollar on marketing collectibles. Like nobody, like it's like this hobbyist passion industry, but nobody goes out and markets this thing. He's like, but people have done that for sneakers and other things. So I think what he's going to do, one, one smart thing. I like this part of the plan. was he's basically going to athletes that like to collect in general. He's going to like, make it known that these celebrities Oh, did you know? Like the whatever, you know, the the guy from Billions, like the hedge fund manager, yeah. has like two uh, like million he's gonna dollars build, worth of stuff.
1: He's gonna build like a media company on top of this a little bit, like a media company, or it's a it's gonna be a a, a slick media play, and they happen to sell the cards. It's
0: gonna be he's gonna make it cool to collect, right? Which yeah. is a smart thing. And the reason why, again, like okay, that's just part of a plan. The one part I really liked is he goes, "There's five million people who collect today, and what anybody else in the space has tried to do is try to get as much." take as much as they can from those 5 million. My question when we bought Tops was how do we get 50 million or 500 million people to collect? And like that's the only game I want to play is expanding the total size of this market from 5 million people who do this thing to 50 million people who do this thing. And I just Dude, thought that's like great. that's that's a really powerful mental model for how you how you build businesses. And I've talked about this before. That's the same it's the same framework as the the one that the guy from Slack did when he created Slack, he's like, yeah, there's work chat tools and some people use them, but he's like, the reality is, eight out of the ten customers that we talk to, companies that we talk to, they don't use a live chat tool. They use email. So he goes, his memo was called, "We don't sell saddles here," right? Because he's like, if we just go to the existing people who like horseback riding, they probably already have a saddle. We try to convince them to switch because we got a better saddle. They're kind of familiar with their ways. We're always going to be in this like tiny niche, but. If we sell the dream of horseback riding and show people how fun it is to go horseback riding, we b- increase the size of the overall market. And then when they say, oh, wow, I love this thing, but my butt hurts, we'll say, great, we have a saddle for you. And so that's like just like a general approach to business that I think more people should take is increasing the um, the size of the number of people who even want your category before saying, pick me
1: have you I I agree that's a really good insight and an example of that is have you seen uh, so Kevin Rose this tech guy for years Kevin Rose for some reason after I forget where he was he was either I think he was at Google leading like their venture arm he left and he became the C, I think he became a, a part owner and the CEO of this blog called Hodenki yeah. I think that's Hodinkee. and I remember hearing about that and I was like what he goes yeah it's a blog for watches and I was like well, There, there was a middle that?
0: step. So he created a studio, a lab to incubate ideas. And that's why he was even more crazy. He's like, yeah, we're creating this like publication or this thing for watch collectors. And then that got acquired, I think by either Houdinki or that was called Houdinki and it got acquired. I'm not sure which one.
1: Yeah. They, they sometime, the, sometime this guy, either already had this blog, Kevin was tinkering with it and they became one and he started working on that. And I was like, what the heck, man? You're like who gives a shit about building, watches?
0: yeah. Aren't you like yeah, high tech?
1: And, and like a blog? I'm like what are you thinking? And then I started watching some of their YouTube videos, and it was either Kevin or the other guy who started the the site, and he was sitting with John Mayer, and they were talking about their watches. And I sat for like 20 minutes watching this, like where John Mayer was like, "Yeah, this watch is actually special for this reason," and I was like, "That that's that's amazing." And they had this show on YouTube where they were doing that. And I'm not a watch guy because I don't want to spend. I don't, I don't get joy out. of, I get more stress out of spending thirty thousand dollars for something on my wrist. I've, I kind of get annoyed with it. But I was watching his stuff, and I was like, "I wanna, I wanna own this." You've turned me into a a connoisseur or a right. wannabe connoisseur. I want to be part of this. Exactly. I and want
0: I, to want this. I don't know how yet. Yes. It's like sushi and wine. There's always been a whole bunch of these things where I'm like, "Oh, I kind of like the idea of getting into this hobby." Golf, right? Like, I want to want it.
1: Yes. And that's how I felt with him. And I could see myself wanting to do this with cards. I am um, when I was a kid. Did you ever collect magic cards? Not magic Pokemon for me. But yeah, I did. I did magic okay. and I don't even remember how to play it. And I remember like I was like, just let me look on eBay. See how much some of those are. And I was like, I'm just going to buy some. This is this is fun. It'll remind me of my childhood. And I would totally do that with sports cards, even though I don't pay attention to sports now. Just remind me of my childhood. I would buy like a, Mar- a Mark McGuire card or something like that. Um, but yeah this is cool i think that's a really good framework actually have you heard of this startup called whatnot no uh did go to this so uh just go to what
0: W H A. W just spelled how it's spelled Whatnot. um so this startup so i'm gonna let you look at this so I, uh this launched in um let's see Whatnot not
1: this is slick this so is a really Whatnot launched nice i
0: think in uh like in the last Two years, so it launched in December, 2019. Um, guess how much Whatnot is valued at right now? 100 million? Over $1 billion. a billion dollars. is a billion dollar startup you never heard of. And what do you do? So if you go into one of these, I don't know if you've, if you've opened up one of the live streams. So it's basically a live streaming site and all you do is you open up the live stream and it's somebody who's got a pack of cards and you could buy the pack and then they'll open it live and tell you what you got. And so like you could open up you know a Pokemon card pack or uh, you know, an NBA par- card pack. Wait, or, uh, I'm,
1: I, I'm going to buy it from him and he's going to open it live, live for me. For you. And, and then he'll ship then it to And then he's going to mail it. And then he'll ship it to you. Oh, wow. This is so sick. So like I have here. Dude, the traffic is just like going up like crazy. This is really cool. It basically just kind of looks like a TikTok I, knockoff.
0: So I tried to invest in this and these fuckers didn't let me in. But, uh, you know, I should have. Why not? I should have tried harder.
1: <laughs> why not? Exactly. Why, you, what, <laughs> why not? What not? What did they, What did they say? <laughs>
0: Well, they were just like, hey, we got like a lot of, we're oversubscribed, let me see. And I, I joined the process a little late in the process. So they were like, let me see how much room we can make. And then it was sort of like, eh, we can't really make any room. Um, You know, like we, we kind of have people who want all the allocation already. How,
1: how, how'd you find them?
0: Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Justin had sent it to me as like, hey, I really, I'm really bullish on this one. He invested and I was like, oh, great. And I got the in and I was like, you know, I, and I saw it and I was like, I understand this. Dude, I like did, did a bunch of stuff at Twitch and live streaming. Like, I, I can help you guys. Uh, look at me. I'm such a nice guy. And like, this was pretty early. Like the podcast wasn't very big yet. Um, so I didn't have as much of a brand in any way. Twitter wasn't that big yet. And, uh, and also I didn't hustle hard enough. Like I could have hustled harder. But it was already like a decent valuation at that point i think it was like a it was a pretty pricey it was a decently pricey round i mean still it's up 10x well, are, since then. are they young
1: are they kids no
0: they uh the guy the founder grant he had a pretty impressive background i don't remember exactly what it was but like look at this so so i went on uh i immediately went on whatnot but whatnot at the time was more for like uh magic and pokemon and things like that i like sports cards so there's like other versions of this that are for sports cards and so i went on one and so i did this So I end up dropping $700 on these useless cards that I end up getting. I got nothing good out of my pack. The guy who's opening was just like, oh, you know, like the best one, this one he sent in the the frame is somebody named Ignas Bradzikis on the Knicks. Never heard of this guy. Like, you know, he literally... You know, in college, he averaged 14 points a game. So, like, you know, I don't know, I don't know who this guy is. I don't think he plays. Uh, and that was the best card I got out of it. But I dropped 700 bucks because you could just, with Apple Pay, you're like, oh, I want to buy a diamond pack. Oh, that's how so they you, do so it? So, you're just Apple Paying, and I'm just clicking. I'm face IDing and just dropping $100 at a time on these packs. And it's, like, such a addiction because it's, like, dude, it could be a Luca card. It could be a Giannis card. Like, it, you could get one of the big ones in this thing. And it was so dangerous. I was like, I can't open this app ever again. You know, this is, you know, this is a small divorce bomb that I'm, I'm looking at here. I need to like d- distance myself from this.
1: <laughs> Do you remember when uh, we talked about this thing? I forgot what it was called, Ben. Maybe you can look it up. But basically when you're buying fancy art that costs like millions of dollars, you want to store it in Freeport. A, a free port. That's what it's called. So basically I, I, I'm gonna, I don't want to sound like too much of an idiot because we talked about this like two years ago. But I think when you're buying art, as long as you keep it in a particular type of country, you don't need to pay sales tax, I guess on it or something like that. And, uh, some people will keep them in certain countries cause they're like, I don't want this like $20 million thing. I don't even want it in my house. I just want to store it right. or I'll just store like a lot of my collection. And I wonder, we, we talked about free ports for like cards, yeah. some of these, for some of these newer collector items. And we talked about that two years ago. I actually think I would like to see if there's an update, if there's anyone that launched anything like this.
0: Yeah. So basically, Freeport lets you store your art for an unlimited amount of time without taxation, I believe. I, I think they're like, you don't have to declare it. Um, So like you you could sort of put your art there and you don't, because it's like, it's like in limbo. It's like neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> and so like, therefore- It's like we're just
1: holding, I'm holding it for a friend.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know exactly how it works. Like, I don't think it's a total free lunch. Um, In fact, I was actually I was literally watching a video about this yesterday. And then I like, paused a, th- a third of the way through because i had to do something was there's, there's a good video about this on youtube of a guy explaining in like eight minutes uh how free ports work and basically uh yeah it's like a i think the, the entire art market is like very money laundry um and even within that then free ports are like this like extra hack on top of that but uh i want to get back i want to get to the bottom of, of how free ports work if you know i don't think it's that complicated but i just haven't looked into it
1: I don't think it's that complicated either, but I wonder if you, let's say that you bought that $700 pack of cards and there was something in there that potentially was worth $5,000. Like if you could just send it to a third party just to hang on to it. And then when you're ready, just click a button and sell it. Maybe you would want that. Right.
0: And there's this other thing, which is like people, uh, like rich people will donate their art to a museum. Take the tax write-off, but the museum is like a cottage on their. It's like a part of the, it's like the west wing of their mansion. It's like they create these like nonprofits, that like they're they these nonprofit museums that exist like on their estate and things like that. Is so that really how it works? There's some stuff I, I was in the video. He was talking about that, or you know, he mentioned that. I don't. That's not what a freeport is necessarily, but I think that's just like yet another thing. Like, why do these people buy art for like you know 50 million dollars and donate it? and it's like well because you know xyz um
1: all right that's the episode i feel like i can rule the world i
0: know i could be what i want to i put my all in it like no days off on a road let's travel never looking back